Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk today about taking ground for the kingdom of God. One of the things that um, we talk about a lot on these podcasts, but um, is so important, is to know that everything that God has done for you, He did in Christ Jesus. Obviously, there's a rapture that we're waiting to happen. You know, Jesus is going to come back, and we're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. That is why we behave a certain way. We're acting a certain way because of eternity, right? But when it comes to things that were in our lifetime, we know God has called us to, things we're looking to achieve, things that we're looking, ground we're looking to take, understanding that God has paid the price for us, that he said he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through Christ, that there's a price that's already been paid. Too many people take the, it's, it's actually very easy to take the stance of like, well, I'm waiting for God to heal me. I'm waiting for God to open the doors. I'm waiting for God. People waiting years for God to do these things where God has laid it out and is waiting for you. There are things like, hey, if you're going to get married, you're not going to get married at 16 years old, right? In this country, at least. Um, there's time, like I'm waiting for God to give me a husband. Well, no, you're waiting for yourself to mature and be ready for a husband or vice versa for a wife, right? Um, but, but God is looking for people to move ahead in their life. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter one, uh, verse six, I'm going to read through verse eight. And it says, the Lord, our God said to us in Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, man. That's so good. So people say, stay stuck at an area in their life and that they can't get past. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arabah, in the hill country, and in the lowland, and in the Negev, and by the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give to them and to their offspring after them. God has sworn certain territory for us, perfect health, prosperity, actually riches. The Bible says the in Psalm 112, wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. This is talking about the man who fears the Lord. As a child of God, it is territory the Lord has given you. God has basically said, hey, I've set the boundaries out this wide. The boundaries is like the Israelites coming out of the promised land, excuse me, coming out of the wilderness into the promised land. And he says, I've set the boundaries here in the north, the boundaries here in the east, the boundaries there in the south, in the west. This is the area that you must possess. And for us, it's the same thing. Uh, I've set the boundaries here. Perfect peace with God. Um, answered prayers every time because we pray according to the word and we can approach God boldly. We're righteous, right? Perfect health. This is the boundaries of our life with God. And God saying to us, you go in and possess the land. The thing that we have to understand is that nothing in the kingdom of God comes to us by default. We go in and possess it. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's a working out process that take pl- takes place. But today we're going to give you a couple keys that'll help get you there. The gospel is very simple, so they're going to be simple keys. But nothing God gives you falls into your lap. You go in and possess it. You know, for them, they were delayed. The Israelites were delayed 40 years. And it was because of unbelief. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 that they didn't mix faith with the word. The word was go in and possess the land. But they said, man, there's giants in the land. They saw their circumstances rather than seeing 
the word of God. Faith is seeing the word of God above your circumstances. Don't temper the word of God with your circumstances. Oh, you know, I can't really, really believe to be sickness free completely because, you know, I was just raised with such poor health and, you know, I've had health issues growing up and I've had these surgeries and they've done permanent damage. No, the Bible says that he'll keep you. He says there'll be not one sick or feeble one among you. The power of God completely heals people, but people tamper the, the word of God with their circumstance. So the first thing that we do, that we, the way that we go in and possess the land is number one is through our faith. There's no substitute for faith. Faith is acting like the word of God is true. Faith is saying, I believe what God said more than I believe my circumstance. Yes, I feel like in myself, I'm a timid person, but the Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. And I believe the word more. So I see myself as a bold person, not a timid person. You know, it's looking forward and saying the word of God says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. I'm seeing myself as a rich person. My family line says no one's ever made more than a hundred thousand or no one's ever made six figures in a year, but the Bible says I'm rich. Oh, brother Ryan, prosperity is not all about riches. You're right. It's not. Prosperity is peace in your home. You know, there's, there's different areas of prosperity. You can have riches and be miserable, but Prosperity definitely, very definitely includes riches. You know, the Bible says that I lay hands on the sick and they recover. Well, I've been laying hands on the sick for a long time and no one's ever recovered. Well, whose fault is that? Are you waiting on God to suddenly anoint you? Or did he say believers shall lay hands on the sick and they recover? This is a territory that we go in and possess and we do it by our faith. I'm going to read to you one of the um, uh, the classic faith scriptures, Mark 11, verse 20, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And, and Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whosoever, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it'll be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You know, there's so much in that verse, but our part is faith. There's no substitute for faith. It's actually the test of our dispensation. This dispensation of grace is do people believe in Jesus Christ? The great dividing factor between heaven and hell is belief. It's faith. It's faith in Jesus. It's faith that Jesus paid the price. It's committing our life to him. It's pouring our life over on him. That's the test of this time. There are people who have have more faith in the weatherman than they do in the word of God. They have more faith in what their doctor says than they do that the Bible says. Well, you know, I know the Bible says this, but I'm just waiting on the Lord to heal me. You know, I'm waiting on the Lord to deliver me. I'm waiting on the Lord. You're not waiting on the Lord. You were healed 2,000 years ago. You may receive your healing on a Wednesday at 7.15 p.m., but you actually, you were healed 2,000 years ago with what Jesus did at Calvary. That's when you were healed. You were raised to new life 2,000 years ago when Jesus was raised to new life. The Bible says we were raised with him. So any miracle, we can look back and say, oh, you know, it was January 1st, 1999 when I received this miracle. But you received that because of what happened 2,000 years ago. Faith counts it done. Faith is acting like God's word is done. It's, it's, It's not looking at your circumstance. Faith, man, you know what's so important in faith is our imagination. Faith gets a clear picture of that. 
I want to ask you, what does prosperity look like for you? What does that look like? Is that you living in that apartment? Is that you having uh, one less roommate? What does prosperity look like? Is it a home? What type of home? What color home? How many, uh, what type of neighborhood? How many rooms in the home? What type of car? What does prosperity look like? What does the blessing of the Lord look like? For me right now, it's being debt-free. We're close, but we're not there, but it's being debt-free. I believe, man, I believe by the end of today, I'm going to be debt-free. Why? Because I've already received it in my spirit. The Bible says that he would, uh, to owe no man anything but to love him and that he would equip me with everything I need to do his will. God has already paid my debt off for me. And there's just someone who's maybe been delayed in, in, in bringing the check and making that phone call. But this is how faith works. I, I have a picture of the day that I get to call Chase and say, hey, this loan on this Jeep, I want to finish it. I want to end it and being completely debt free. Oh, and I'll owe no man anything but to love him. And that'll be the last loan that I take out in my life. This is how faith works. For us, when we were in South Africa, we got a clear picture in our head of coming to America. We'd been praying about coming to America. We would lay down in my mom's bed at night. We were just little guys. I was like seven. My brother was like nine. And we would lay down in my mom's bed with her and we would imagine America. And for us, America was just Disney. And so we would imagine, you know, wearing our fanny packs, putting these fanny packs on. I got my red shorts on and fanny packs. I got my G.I. Joes. You don't need G.I. Joes when you go to Disney. But as a kid, G.I. Joes is like the favorite thing, right? And so they're just in there. And then we're at Disney World. And what do we, we're on the plane coming to America. We got a clear image of what that looks like. What does that look like? You know, for me, I used my imagination to get into the ministry. I imagined myself preaching. I imagined myself at the river at Tampa Bay Church preaching, calling people out, have prophetic words for them, laying hands on people. And it was within a few months that I got asked to preach on a Sunday night service and then a Sunday morning service at the river, which is such an honor. But it was because of what was developing in my imagination. There's nothing like faith. You go in and possess the land by your faith. You must have an ever-increasing faith. Number two is your confession. You know, when a thought comes contrary to the word of God, you don't try to think positive thoughts. You speak the word of God. Don't say what your circumstances say. Say what the word of God says. Yes, I'm not denying the fact that I see this. I feel this pain in my body, but the Bible says that healing is the children's bread. And I believe the Bible more than I believe my circumstance. Your confession, what you say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know that you have breakthrough when you are just speaking breakthrough. You're already rejoicing. Man, I'm rich and I'm getting richer. I'm strong and I'm getting stronger. I'm full of the life of God. Hey, I re, I, I'm I, the, the spirit of God on the inside of me quickens my mortal body. Not only am I healed, but I go around laying hands on the sick. Your confession, what you speak, you can cut down your harvest with your words. You enter into the promised land through your confession. It's what you, uh, it's what you believe and speak is what, you, what, it, what produces in your life. What you believe and speak out of the, as a man, uh, what does the scripture say in Romans? It says, with, with the mouth, confession is made. With the heart, a uh, man believes. And with the mouth, a confession is made unto salvation. Just like you got born again. How? By believing in Jesus and confessing him with your mouth. You could have thought about Jesus all day long, but if you didn't open up your mouth and say, Father, I ask you uh, to forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. If you didn't pray a prayer of salvation, there is no born again experience. It's what you believe and what you speak. I believe, therefore I speak. The apostle Paul said, 
And then the next thing is worship. The Bible says um, in Psalm 37, in verse 4, it says, Delight yourselves in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart to possess the land. It's about keeping your eyes on Jesus. So many times, you know, there's a scripture in Revelation, and it says, I have one thing against you. It's chapter 2. He says, It's you left your first love. You know, God wants us. The, the ultimate commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Are keeping our eyes on Jesus. Uh, I'm not doing this for heaven. I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm, he's the one that I love. He's the reason I'm here. He is love and I'm focusing on him. As you worship the Lord and you set your eyes on just glorifying God, it's, it's in that place where you delight yourself in the Lord that he gives you the desires of your heart. We can't be too busy with our everyday life stuff that our worship falls to the wayside. Jesus is the gift of salvation. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 15 that he is our shield and our exceeding great reward. Yes, part of the motivation for us is that we're not going to hell, right? I'm very glad that I'm not going to hell. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to hell. Nothing and no one will pull me out of the will of God. I'm not going to hell. But the other part of it, besides the negative motivation of like, I do not want to go to hell, is that I get to be in eternity with Jesus Christ, that God Almighty has called himself my father. He's reconciled me to himself, that he loved me enough that he would send his son to come get me, to reconcile me back to him, that he pours out his grace. He pours out his mercy. I'm not just hanging on till Jesus comes, that if I need it, the power of God is available for me. This is the gospel that by our faith, by our confession, that by our uh, worship, uh, by our love for the Lord, that we move forward and we go in and possess the land. I've told this story before, but there was a time where I was praying and I was just calling out to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to bring you your inheritance. I want to win souls. I want to bring people to you. I want people to be in heaven because that's your inheritance. And I felt the Lord speak to me and say, I will have my inheritance, but will you have yours? The Bible says in Ephesians that our eyes would be opened so we can know the hope of our calling and the glorious riches of our inheritance in the saints. We have a glorious inheritance. As a a saint of God, we have a glorious inheritance that we share in, and it's up to us to take ground and that take ground. I encourage you today, don't grow weary in doing well. Speak the word of God. Find that scripture. Lord, with long life will you satisfy me. Choose to speak the word where the devil brings thoughts of lack. Choose to speak abundance. Not only am I not going to lack. I'm going to be so rich that I'm going to fund the end time harvest that I'm going to be able to give and start where you are. Start being generous now. Start saying, you know what? Before that, I'm going to make the devil pay. If the devil's going to send thoughts of lack, I'm going to go out and give even more. I'm going to go work overtime so I can have a little bit extra money that I can give into the kingdom of God. I'm going to make the devil pay for sending those thoughts. I'm going to live in abundance. This is going to be the least I ever give. I will give more every single year of my life and begin to speak it and keep your eyes on him. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Please share if this has blessed you. We'll see you on the next podcast.